I'm gonna tell you right away. I don't agree with that. No, I don't know no, what. Me neither. That's why we're talking about this because <laughs> no. sports got it wrong, and yeah. now it's on us yeah. to get it right. Welcome to episode 55 of the Go For Two podcast, the podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Brad Klein. She's Jenna Alike. We're sorry. It's been a long time. It's been too long. We have some excuses. There was some playoff lacrosse to be called and covered, but that's not an excuse. That's, that's just not. Not an excuse. Completely are bad. We dropped the ball part three. I feel like we've done this like multiple times. It used to be a little slip up. Like we've missed a week and then we missed another week and we're like, oh my goodness, we're horrible people. We missed like a solid month. Like it's been, it's, yeah. it, it's been a bit, um, which isn't fantastic. And I wish that we can come. I was trying to think of excuses. Like what excuse can we give the listener? And there really is no excuse other than, yeah, we're moving out of school. You know, you were calling someone cross. I again was moving out of school and so we just like didn't like or I'd text Brad and be like we should do the podcast and then he'd be like yeah and then that would be the end of the conversation yes and I would never follow up um yeah so I want to come in here and be like we have some new we have some news that's coming to the podcast there's no news we're not revamping we're not rehashing we're not doing anything but talking about football and it's not easy because usually again like we have a set in stone like Tuesdays during the regular season Tuesdays because money. you have after Monday night football, you could talk about all the games. And then it was perfect right before Thursday. And we would record and post on the same day. We were so on it, but then the football season ended thus ended our, our duty as podcast hosts. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about nothing. We took one week off after the super bowl mm-hmm. and then, and then we were okay. And then we got bad. Yeah. It wasn't great. We had a few uh, in-person ones, which were good. That was cool. Those were that fun. Was- that was fun. We had, you know, the draft special with Brian. I think the, the only major event that we miss was schedule releases. We know who the yeah. Raiders and the Jets are playing, and we have no thoughts on those. <laughs> okay. That would be public knowledge. It's just a matter of who will beat the Jets, not a matter of, of breaking news, really. Just the, the Jets. Yeah, well, we had a whole week. Last year, you're all like, the Raiders are going to lose to the Jets. And we know how that ended. Granted, that it was very close. They should have. They should have. They should have. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I remember that game. That was rough. But we're back. That's all that matters. We're here. We're going to give you some summer football. And all then right. we're going to get back on track. So, Brad, let's, Thank let's you. start. Thank we've, you, Greg. We've Williams. given our excuses. Greg Williams must have been listening to that podcast. That's all I can say. Anyway, we have a lot to get to in this one, in this New, let's call it a revamp podcast at this point. We maybe need the new title. It's been so long. Here we go. Roger Goodell, optimistic that stadiums will be open at full capacity this season. We'll get to that in a second. A Hall of Famer is just retiring after 24 seasons. And another Hall of Famer could be on the move. But we begin today with a Hall of Famer at quarterback Aaron Rodgers skipping OTAs. My question to you, Jenna, big deal, little deal or no deal because a lot of this changed since our last podcast. One thing hasn't it's that Aaron Rodgers is a one on everyone's rundowns. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a little deal at the moment because a lot of these things are optional. Like <laughs> you don't have to go. I think Aaron Rodgers gets a bonus for going. 
So he did lose money from not attending, but it's this, I feel like sports media has this conversation every year when people don't show up to something that's not mandatory. So it's always a headline, this player and this player didn't show up to OTAs, which are optional, but they didn't show up, which shows they don't have a commitment to their team. But they have like the whole optional part is they don't have to go if they do not want to go. You can okay, talk about. So let me let me just ahead. jump in here. Yeah. Two nuggets of information that might change your mind. One, <laughs> this is the first time that Aaron Rodgers has ever missed OTA. I did know that. Yeah. Okay. And two, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure this is right. He's the only known starting quarterback that is not at OTAs. Like, I'm thinking of Deshaun Watson as maybe an exception to that rule, if he's even considered the starting quarterback of the Houston Texans anymore. But think about it. What other team doesn't have their franchise starting quarterback at OTAs? That's not a problem that exists outside of Green Bay. No, but I still I, – I think – I think it's still a little, little deal only because it wasn't like we were all expecting Aaron Rodgers to show up. We all knew that he wasn't showing up. They're on the outs. Him and Green Bay are on the outs. And if he were to show up, it would, I feel like it would cause more drama. Then I think it would be, I think it would be a bigger deal if he showed up. Then that okay. would be like, wow. Okay. He showed up amidst all of the drama. He called what he called um, the GM, that guy from, <laughs> From the show, yeah, there we go. The show that I was hesitant to watch, and then I watched all just so we could talk about it on this podcast, The Last Dance. Um, so like, oh. like you, know, you know, there's been some things that have been said that have been made public, um, that aren't all great. So I think the fact that he didn't show up is kind of what you'd assume, and it's just the matter of yeah, it is his first time not showing up again. He's never had a situation where this much drama has surrounded him in terms of what you know what's going to happen. Um, and then what was the other one? He's the only non-starting quarterback. He's the only starting quarterback that's not at OTAs. Yeah. Who else has the same amount of, is he leaving? Is he like drama within an organization besides Deshaun Watson, which we kind of already covered? Nobody. No, no no one. But that's, that's the problem, isn't it? What do you mean by that? I'm confused by your question. I mean, no one else has this amount of drama with the position that needs the most consistency in the league. Aaron Rodgers is really the outlier there. It's a big yeah. problem for Green Bay. I understand. I understand that, but this isn't the first time in the history of professional football that we're talking about something like this. I don't know. I don't remember a specific quarterback example, um, but we see it all the time. That's why it's not, to me, it's not that surprising. People don't show up to OTAs quarterbacks again i don't know a specific example but i'm sure there's been a quarterback who hasn't showed up to otas before and so yeah he for green bay it's a big problem and it's a big deal because he's really serious about this he's off with shailene woodley his fiance going to wherever they were they're like on a waterfall and that was on espn and my dad walked by he's like what are we watching and they're like oh it's espn and i was like yeah we're just watching aaron Rodgers' vacation with his fiance completely normal nfl things um but yeah i think it's a big deal for the organization not a big deal as a whole okay see i think it's a big deal as a whole and it's because last time we talked about aaron Rodgers, i said that it's really going to come down to one thing and I, i still believe this look i'm not pro follow Aaron Rodgers under a waterfall with Miles Teller. I'm not, okay? I think at, at one point, at some point, it gets overblown. And it's one of the reasons that we're not going to talk about Tim Tebow on this podcast because 
that's the definition of an overblown story that has been overcovered, and we've already talked about what there is to talk about. At that point, we're just making stuff up. Okay, so here's what it comes down to: Is he going to sit out? Right. That's what yeah. I said on the yeah. podcast. That's what I stand by. Is he going to sit out? If not, if he's actually going to play, then everything else means nothing. Okay. This is the first sign that he might actually be willing to not play. And that I didn't believe that he would sit out until now. Now, I don't necessarily believe that he will sit out, but after he sits out of OTAs, I'm warming up to it. Yeah, I mean, 5%, 10% more confident that he will just completely not play. Yeah, I am. All so right. We moved the meter a bit. A little bit. And, and I don't think that a little bit of moving the meter should be considered a little deal because this is the MVP we're talking about. This is a Hall of Famer. And this is a guy who's expected to be the face of the franchise, and he's not. And he knows that he's not. He, he knows that what he's doing is the exact opposite of what he's doing and what he should be doing, and he's still doing it. It's deliberate at this point. So It is uh, deliberate, but I deal. think he knows he has the power. Because I saw, I saw a little yeah. a little article, a column of sorts, that was like there's been a lot of pressure on Jordan Love to figure this thing out. <laughs> Because he knows that Jordan Love is not ready to take on. He's going to watch the Green Bay organization crumble under, you know, the helm of, of Jordan Love. And he knows that they need him back. So he doesn't care if he's not doing the right thing because at the end of the day, they need him. Yeah. Yeah, he has all the leverage in the world. So we move on now. That's one Hall of Famer could be on the outs. Another one is wide receiver Julio Jones, all pro receiver and he said straight up, I'm out. I, I don't want to play in Atlanta anymore. He said it on national been, television. He said it on national television. I, it's been a while since that happened, but yeah. let's address that really quickly, okay? So it was Shannon Sharp, who knows Julio Jones personally, both he played in the NFL, uh, called Julio Jones on national television, on live television, didn't tell him that he was on TV and said, hey, Julio, you going to be in Atlanta? And he said, nah, I'm out. So from a media ethics perspective, not great. I don't think Meg Craig would be thrilled. But either no, way, she would not. Um, either way, he said it, right? And, and look, we could talk about what ha- should happen to Shannon Sharp. I think he should be fined a serious amount of money from Fox, a serious amount, reprimanded, I mean, potentially even fired because that's really bad, really, really I have bad. a question. Let's talk about this for like two seconds, then we'll move okay. on. Because we are media people. We do study – you know, media ethics. And I guess my question is, well, some people are arguing that Julio knew that he was on television and it was like a planned thing. If he knew, then fine. Yeah, if he knew, then fine, because Shannon Sharp literally burned his source on television. Um, but he's also not a journalist. He's an analyst. Like where where do we, you know, where's the line there? Of okay, so- What he's being held under. So- the, the thing is, in the 21st century, you don't need a journalism degree to be a journalist, and you don't need a journalism degree to act like a journalist. Anyone with a phone, with a camera, can be a journalist. That's the way I see it. And Shannon Sharp happened to have 4K cameras in front of him with mics and lights and television, okay? So if he's not a journalist in the 21st century, in that, in that specific scenario, like, yeah, he's as much of a journalist as anyone else because he has the power of a journalist. 
That's the thing. And he, if you have the power, it's going to sound corny. If you have the power of a journalist and you have the responsibility of a journalist and everyone knows that he's not, but he still caused the same amount of harm that journalists could cause. Yeah. And that a lot of people think journalists go out of their way to cause. So yeah, yeah I, I understand that he's not a journalist. He is a, he is an analyst. I still don't like it. I still think that there's also the, an element of, and, and look, uh, you could talk about media ethics and legal, whatever, but there's also the element of decency and trust, right? Yeah. So Julio Jones, if it was not planned, Julio Jones lost that. Not really a decent thing to do. And if you're Fox, you'd imagine that having Julio Jones in your Rolodex on your good side would be better and more important in the long run than getting the scoop that you shouldn't have had in this one instance. So I thought it was pretty bad, but um, either way, whatever should happen to Shannon Sharp, it's not going to because people don't care. Some people don't care. Uh, I think it's really interesting. And I think Julio Jones is going to leave because I really do think Julio Jones would sit out. I really do. Um, And it's because he hasn't won because he has more of a reason to leave than Aaron Rodgers. And who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to touch up on this later in my what was trending. I do think the best fit, though, would be Seattle. Like, think about how good Seattle would be if you gave Russell Wilson another weapon and Julio is, however you want to define it, the number one or even the number two. I mean, that is fantasy football right there. Yeah. Um, And I think that keeps Russell Wilson at bay. More important, yes. More importantly. I think that's intriguing. The one I find most intriguing, I don't know if it's the best fit, but I think it would be interesting and a little bit scary um, is where he's, I think, favorite to go, which is New England. That wouldn't be fun for anybody. <laughs> and I don't know, like, I, I don't think I'll know until the season starts how far away New England is, like how far from grace they have fallen. Um, the, yeah, that the organization has fallen because I don't know what Mac Jones brings in, but he might not bring anything. But I think it's just an interesting. You have a you know a new quarterback. You still have Cam Newton there, which is still the biggest question mark of the offseason for me. Um, but it'll be interesting. You know, yeah, it's like a storyline that's unfolding. You have a new quarterback. Let's get him a shiny new toy and Julio Jones. And Julio wants to win. He said he's you know the one place he's not going. He's not going to Dallas. That's what yeah. Skip Bayless asked him, and he said, "No, I want to win." <laughs> so he does. There's the scoop. He doesn't think Dallas is winning anytime soon, but he also does not want to go there. Um, some people have the, the, the odd makers like, and Raider nation in general have kind of been like, Ooh, what would Julio do to the Ra- the Raiders, which it would be interesting. I think it could be a good fit. The problem is the defense still. That's the, that's why we're not winning. Um, and I don't know, like it's weird to me because I think that people think that the Raiders, they'll talk crap about the Raiders all day, but then they'll kind of act like they're better than they are. Because whenever you hear like Russell Wilson wants, wanted to like, was one of the destinations was Las Vegas. Yeah. You hear all these big names wanting to go to Vegas and you assume all these big names want to win. They wouldn't go there if not to win. So where's the, where, where's the disconnect? Um, so I don't know if Julio sees Vegas as a place that can win. I think offensively. Yeah. I would say so. And he could just, you know, help that, but they've done no no work on the defensive side to ensure any type of confidence. And that I think most people can agree. You can blame it on Derek Carr all you want, wrongfully blame it on Derek Carr all you want, but 
that defense is, is the problem. So Julio could be interesting in Vegas. I would definitely accept him with open arms. I think Raider Cody said it's June 1st. Let's begin the race for Julio. And I go, okay, Raider Cody. I will say though, and this is, this is insulting to Julio Jones. I'm still going to say it. The last all pro receiver that the Raiders brought in didn't work out very well. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to say his name. <laughs> that, is not, say that, that is very insulting to Julio Jones. I'm not going to say that I'm comparing him to Julio Jones. I'm just saying what I said. That's it. That, well, that there, there is some interesting like ties, but we all, the thing with the Antonio Brown thing, I'll say his name. Was, oh, you said like, his name. I, I didn't said his, say name. his name. I said his name because he bothers me. But that was a whole other situation because I don't think Julio is in the mental space to commit to one team. And you're seeing on your television, Julio, you know, the example is Julio goes to Buffalo. That was Antonio Brown. He was traded to Buffalo. He goes, I don't want to play there. And then he was like, I'm going to the Raiders. Like that was already a red flag. I didn't want him after that. So I don't I think Julio has a bit more class. Um, and I hope he goes to a place that wins because he's, you know, an all-time great receiver. And he hasn't yeah. had a chance really to win in a significant way. Yeah, Julio Jones likely on the move, and I do think that he would sit out too. All right, so we move on now. Adam Vinatieri, longtime kicker, future Hall of Famer, retiring after 24 seasons. He announced it on the Pat McAfee show, and Vinatieri is the all-time leading scorer when it comes down to the last two minutes of regulation or overtime. And he's also the kicker with the most game winners or game tires in NFL history. So Adam Vinatieri is a great, and I, I guess we all knew eventually he'd retire, but here it is. Here's the day. Yeah. And 24 years, 24 seasons, that's a long time, but also kickers, you know, they can stay in the league a little bit. It's a really, really long time. though. That is a really long, I, I will agree, really long time. Good for him. He was able to do it at a high level um, for a very long time. Thing is, I don't have much to say about this. You know, he's he's highly respected, and I respect him as well. Um, he played to the absolute limit, it seems, you know, again, 24 years. And he's hanging it up. And at some point, you got to know when to walk away. And good for him. Yeah, he did I it on the Pat he... McAfee show, keeping it with, you know, the Indianapolis fan base. So, good. I think he's the Bye. greatest kicker of all time. Like, do we agree on that? Yeah. Sure, okay. I will not, yeah, I mean, I will not argue. Four-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Pro Bowler. can't believe he's only a three-time Pro Bowler, by the way. Three-time All-Pro, and he made the All-2000s team. So, I mean, he's clearly good the kicker. Kicker, kicker of the generation of the 2000s. He could make another, like, all-decade team, too. He played from 96 to 2019. Played for Indianapolis and New England. That's it. Two teams. Yep. 14 years and 10 years. It's like he had two separate careers. <laughs> it thing. does feel that way, yeah. That's what it feels like. But he was good on both teams. He was great. So he led the league in field goal percentage three different seasons. 97% was his career best in a given year. And he did it at age 42. You know how old Adam Vinatieri is right now? 50. No. no Thank you yet. for overguessing and making this seem less impressive. He's 47. I, no, I that's still, still impressive. That's, that's, that's still, still really impressive. impressive. That's still impressive. Yeah. I was just guessing, I don't know, a big number. 
I'm looking to see. He made – I mean, he's just incredible. you got to look up his stats. He's one of those players where if you're bored on, like, a Wednesday night, you should just Google Adam Vinatieri. And All then, right. Now, okay. thank you for penciling in my Wednesday plans. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, he's a, he's a legend. And now I, I, it would be interesting to see what he does. I don't think he's going to do anything after retirement, like, of note. I think he's going to retire pretty quietly. I can't see him doing anything, like – football kicker analyst that's a thing now can't see him doing anything like that yeah i mean he probably will receive offers um and we'll yeah. probably i feel like we'll hear some buzz but i'd agree with you maybe, maybe it's just time for him to walk away quietly who knows maybe he'll be on you know the set with pat pat mcafee and they can do a Co-host the mcafee can, show i think he's a yeah. different guy i don't know we'll i see. would agree from i mean i don't know him but <laughs> i would assume I, so Seems, he seems like a different guy. Pat McAfee wore shorts to his own wedding. I can't see Adam Vinatieri wearing shorts to his own wedding. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. There you go. So we move on now to present-day football. And Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, saying that he's optimistic that stadiums will be at full capacity this season. Jenna, you're not a doctor, neither am I, but we both experienced this pandemic firsthand on a college campus, and we're both involved in sports. Do we believe Roger Goodell? Um, I don't believe in Roger Goodell. I believe what I, I, and I don't even believe like it because it's coming out of his mouth. Um, I think we just seen in other sports that that's kind of the trend. Um, yeah. and you know, the NFL season starts in I think 99 days. I think yesterday it was tweeted out. It's a hundred days till the beginning of the season. So 99 days we've, you know, as a country have made leaps and bounds in terms of, um, you know, opening up. It was weird because I remember in like a month ago, it was like, oh, if you're fully vaccinated, you could not wear your mask outside. And everyone, everyone was like, duh, kind of <laughs> like, yes. Um, and I was like, well, if we're going at, you know, at this rate, we're never going to be inside without masks on. And very quickly, like a couple weeks later, that was the new mandate. Um, so, or not the mandate, but the new CDC recommendation. Um, so with that, I think, you know, we're seeing with the NBA, Madison, Madison Square Garden is up and running again, and that you know New York is probably other Not than California. Huh? I think they're going sh- to shut Madison Square Garden down soon. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sure I'm a Knicks fan. You're a Nets fan, so let's just not not chat about basketball here on this podcast. It's not going well for my Knicks, but they're good for once, which is nice. And sure. now the, they made it to the playoffs. Brad, I before this is a tangent. Before I left for college this semester, I to, or last semester, I told my dad, I said, hey. I become a, a Heat fan. Would you be mad at me if I just switched? Like, we never really watch basketball at home. Like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. At least, like, they win. And he goes, yeah, Jenna, do what you want. And they go, okay. And I was like, man, I'll stick with it. And they finally weren't atrocious. And if they lose in the playoffs tonight, if they lose and they get eliminated, so be it. They're better than the Heat. Even though R.J. Barrett says, we win in tonight. That was a dumb question to someone who asked. If yeah, we'll it was, it was a dumb question. Hey, uh, will the Knicks be eliminated? Um, <laughs> well, we will digress. So. The point not. is that there are stadiums all over the country right now that yes. are in almost full swing. So I don't think it's Roger Goodell being a visionary um, to say that they're – it's not like when we were talking about this a year ago and Jerry Jones was like, we're going to have lots of fans. <laughs> like that is – okay, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Um, but this is not revolutionary in any sense of the word Um, no it's not it's not but 
I still think it's really cool. Um, and you're right. I don't want to give Roger Goodell credit for this, but we should appreciate it. I, I think if there's one thing that this pandemic has taught me, it's to not take anything for granted, right? And I'm being a little serious here, but I'm going out to restaurants without a mask and going to a, a get-together, going to dinner without wearing a mask. And that's, that's a big deal. So uh, now going to games, definitely took that for granted. So I do think that stadiums will be full capacity this year. It's not uh, a notch under Roger Goodell's belt. He's just there for the ride. But yeah, I definitely believe him. I think the, the NFL is going to be in a very good spot. And they have more time than the other leagues. And we talked about this a year ago. They have more time than the other leagues to figure it out. So mm-hmm. the NFL is in a very good spot. All right. Now let's move ahead, kind of look ahead, maybe even look behind. I don't really know. We're recapping. That's what the segment is. We haven't had much to recap or we haven't had much to preview, but the recap segment has stayed strong. And we're going to talk about the best players in 2021. So based off of the 2020 season, we're here in 2021 looking at who are the top players. CBS Sports did this and they put Tom Brady as fourth best NFL player. I'm going to tell you right away. I don't agree with that. No, I don't know no, what you That's why we're talking about this because CBS <laughs> no. Sports got it wrong and yeah. now it's on us yeah. to get it right. Exactly. And I'm not sure we're going to rank our top five. I don't think I'm going to get it right, but I wouldn't even think to put Tom Brady in my top in my top five. I think okay. what he did going to a new city with a new team and winning a Super Bowl in that same year is very impressive. But I think any football fan, any casual football fan can tell you that was not because Tom Brady was lighting, lighting it up. <laughs> no, and he there, played pretty poorly to start the year. He got better, but that's not a top four player. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just it's just not. Um, so Brad, I'll let you start with your right. top five because I'm scared of my top five. It was done. All right. So, so full disclosure, I uh, I believe in what CBS Sports has to offer in the top three. So even though Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP, I gave Patrick Mahomes number one. I think that he is by far the most talented player in the NFL. But Aaron Rodgers gets it. Doesn't mean that he's necessarily better. He's had a better year. So Mahomes, number one, Aaron Donald, number two. And this was important for a couple of reasons. One, and, and look, CBS Sports had Donald number two. So I'm not going to accuse them of this in this spot. But CBS Sports was quarterback happy. It was very, very obvious. I think that's why Tom Brady was in the top five. They were too quarterback happy. So I made a conscious effort to not do that. But Aaron Donald, as the defensive player of the year, now a three-time defensive player of the year. It's a big deal, and then he's yeah. the favorite to win it in 2021. So I like Aaron Donald there from the Rams, and then give me Aaron Rodgers, number three. I mean, winning the MVP has to be worth something, and I like Aaron Rodgers there. Here's where we get different. T.J. Watt instead of, of, of Tom Brady. Uh, give me him at four. Best edge rusher in the game, and no one's talking about him, right? 15 sacks, missed a game, but still had 15 sacks, and T.J. Watt, To me, the most impressive thing about Watt is that he carried the unit, right? The Steelers made the playoffs and they won their first 11 games of the season because of their defense. The offense was the liability, if you remember, and I remember because I was so anti-Steelers offense, probably more than anyone else could be. Ben Roethlisberger can't play. That's me. That's that's all me. (laughs) That is you. 
So TJ Watt carrying the team and the unit, that's something that you don't see in football very often from a non-quarterback. And I think that's worth a lot. I think it's worth the fourth spot. And then I like Travis Kelsey, the tight end from Kansas City, second in the league in receiving last year at 1,400 yards. That's good. But the fact that he did it as a tight end, even better. An elite blocking tight end in the run game and the pass game. And as a receiver, he is one of the best. So Travis Kelsey as the greatest tight end in the game, somewhat controversial. I think like 80% of America agrees with me there. It's either him or Kittle, but Kittle was hurt last Kittle, year. So yeah, Kittle wasn't great. Can't really give it to George Kittle. So there you go. That's my top five. And I like it. You don't. So no, that's not true. My top three are the same. Okay. Um, Mahomes, Donald, Rogers. Um, and I agree that Travis Kelsey's up there. I put him at number four. Um, okay. Again, I always talk about it. It's just the fact that you play him two times a year and he shreds your defense every single time. You kind of think he's pretty good. You hope he's pretty good. And then where, where I differ is I wanted to not go heavy on quarterback, but kind of does diversify offensively that is the way I'm going to say it so I chose another offensive player that probably didn't you know even cross your mind but I think he's very good but I'm also I lead the Tennessee Titans and I'm saying Derrick Henry he is the, the the most recent offensive player of the year and you just don't see many people stopping that man and he's what keeps the Titans afloat over there and that's what thousand yards last season so yeah pretty good He's kind, of, he's kind of doing a few things, and I, and I respect that. I wanted to give some love to some other positions. Um, and that's, that's, that rounds out mine, you know. I might get some hate for it, but that's okay. At least I'm not putting Tom Brady in my top five. For reference, Derrick Henry was 11th, according to CBS Sports. Yeah, you know, he's up Take there. that however you want it. Yeah, he's there. It's not complete blasphemy, and, and no one would think it is. I mean, he's the best running back in the game. So if you're the best at your position – I don't think it even matters what position you play offense or defense, or, I mean, I guess special teams is the exception, but if, if you're the best at your position, then you have a case to be in the top five, no matter what. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, That is a good way to put it. If you're top, if you're the top one, I guess it just goes to value of the position, right? Like you're never going to be like, okay, let's think about Derrick Henry, best running back. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback. All right, let's measure it out. Who's going to get the top yeah. spot? Like, that's, that's obviously not how that works. Um, right. But it is where you put, put your value in for sure. All right, Brad, it's what was trending. Um, we'll keep it in Tennessee. Let's keep it in Tennessee. Uh, I really like your what was trending. I saw it, and I was like, man, that's what I would have gone for. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, A.J. Brown, star receiver for the Titans, second-year receiver, is begging Julio Jones to come to Tennessee. And when I say begging, I mean he's begging him. I mean, he will send <laughs> – He's on his hands messages, and knees. <laughs> hands and knees. I mean, literally and figuratively, okay? So I saw two things from A.J. Brown. One was he sent out a screen recording of an Instagram voice message that he sent to Julio Jones. Did you see this? Yes, I've seen, I've seen the whole saga. Okay, so A.J. Brown sends him, like, a voice memo saying, hey, you got to come to Tennessee, trying to sell him on what the t- Titans are doing, blah, blah, blah. To me, the funniest thing about that was that you could see their past Instagram messages, and it was so one-sided. I mean, Julio Jones has never responded to A.J. Brown. No, nope, never happened. the poor guy. Um, A.J. Brown sent him a message when he was a draftee saying, hey, I'm an up-and-coming receiver, want to pick your brain. No response, nothing. 
And I sympathize with A.J. Brown as someone who's trying to pick the brains of professionals in his business. So that was kind of rough. It's kind of brutal for A.J. Brown. And then he sends him a video, uh, a Zoom recorded video, and his background is the Titans, basically the Titans roster. It's Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry over his left shoulder and Ryan Tannehill over his right and himself above his head. And he's saying, look at this guy. Look at Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards. This guy is a bull in a china shop. He's going to get us some yards. Ryan Tannehill, he can sling it. He's a leader. He's this guy. And then me, I'm going to take a step back to you, but I'm really good too. I made the Pro Bowl, no big deal. Second year, who cares? But that's what's going to happen. And then it's going to be you. And Julio Jones in a Titans uniform was next to A.J. Brown too. And it was, uh, it was hilarious. So I respect A.J. Brown. Like A lot of people, especially in the NBA, are really worried that superstars are tampering by trying to recruit other superstars. Yeah. And that's a really big thing. But A.J. Brown is not shying away from it at all. Not at all. I, I'll give you, I'll put it this way, and, and I'm a bigger basketball fan than you are, so resident basketball fan on the football pod. Draymond Green recruited Kevin Durant to the Warriors mm-hmm. in a parking lot alone. That's how it went down. But A.J. Brown's trying to do it on social media for the world to see. Yeah, uh, do you think that Julio has seen the videos? Yes, he <laughs> has to have. He has, he, to, he have. has to have, for sure. For sure. I, it was a stupid question, but it needed, it needed to be asked for our audience. I really like, hope they so. have all the a lot of effort for A.J. Brown if he just hasn't seen it. Yeah, and I, I don't think, and we talked about, like, where Julio Jones would go. I think Tennessee would be interesting, um, but the odds are not in, in their favor um, in terms of what Vegas is thinking. Because, obviously, it's sports betting. You can bet on literally anything. Yep. Um, and, of course, this this is going to be bet on. All right, my, I was what in Las you... Vegas with my brother, ah. there was a person mm-hmm. who did a parlay on every single – end-of-season college football award. So, like, interior defensive lineman of the year, punter of the year, all this stuff. And it was a parlay to hit all of them. Yeah. And he, he won, like, thousands of dollars. It was a big deal. So, yeah, you could bet on anything, no matter how little you know about it. Very true. All right. On a ser- more serious note, um, right now, as of 6 o'clock um, on Wednesday afternoon, the NFL, this is a very, this is very um, current what was trending. Sometimes we go back a little bit or, you know, do stuff that is kind of trending, but this is literally trending at number nine on Twitter. So um, a, it looks like AP reports um, that the NFL says it has halted using the use of race norming, which assumes black players started out with a lower cognitive functioning in a $1 billion settlement of brain injury claims. The practice had been made it harder for black players to qualify. So basically they're saying that, you know, these black athletes don't deserve the same compensation for brain injuries because they started lower anyway. They were a lost cause is how I'm reading it, um, which is not okay. I think um, we can all say not, not, not a good look for the NFL again. This is a constant battle. They're always in the center of controversy. I saw someone, you know, quote tweet and was like, the more I read about, yeah, Saeed Jones said, the more I learn about the NFL, the more I hate it. And I think a lot of people are realizing that there is some problematic roots there um, that in 2021, it seems a bit late and a bit abrupt to be bringing this up. 
um with with most things i think we talk about this conversation of like all right like glad that this is coming out um and glad that this is changing but like at some point it's not like it shouldn't be applauded like we see it with women in like football we see it a lot of like woo first ref or woo, first woman to talk or something i don't know and we see all like these you know first that don't seem like that big that should have you know that aren't that big of a deal because it's kind of like a yeah we've you know been doing the nfl for a long time now like what right. why is this now just happening like yay for a woman or way yay for whatever minority group but like about time we see it in award shows even more of like first asian right. director to ever win best picture and it's like and the awards have been happening how long and not one was considered so I think, you know, it's a problem. Obviously, this is a new report, so I don't have much else to say on it. I just wanted it to be said because it's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. And, you know, now the updates are all rolling in on my phone right now as we speak. And I will say this. I, 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 I'm glad that this was done. And, and what shouldn't be lost in translation is that it, there is an advancement today. right? And we are getting rid of this racist thing from the game we're ending race norming right that's a good thing the bad thing is that it took us this long but i will just say for anyone out there that is retweeting this and liking this on whatever platform you didn't even know this was a thing until five minutes ago that's the right? problem though brad um, that's the we problem. didn't know it was that's a thing <laughs> but that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so it's going to be very i'm not going to say that it it, it doesn't make it as bad like that's not what i'm saying i'm just calling everyone out for retweeting everything and liking everything and and social media accepting everything not accepting supporting everything when they don't even know what they're talking about and people should be more educated about things that they should be more frustrated about that's what i'm saying so i think i think things like this things like race norming flew under the radar until 2021 because people say that racism is bad but most people don't do anything about it, right? And, and I don't think that's necessarily going to change at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday. I'm just saying what's going to happen now is that you're going to go on Twitter and people are going to be liking it and retweeting it and saying this is good, when in reality, 15 minutes before they sent that tweet out, they didn't even know there was a problem to be addressed. So I'm just calling everyone out. Educate yourselves, people, before you speak. That's the message from Brad. All right, everybody. Let's lighten it up. That was heavy. Let's let's go to what you're all really here for. We know what it is. Cue the music. Fan. <gasps> Frustration. All right, we're back. And Brad, I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna go first and I'll let you close this out. Um, uh, I, I'm going to be honest. It was a little tricky for me to find what was trending or not what was trending a fan frustration. Good um, time to be a Raiders fan. Not a good time necessarily. I just think that nothing's really happening. Um, and also it took me a second to get back in the groove. Again, we were gone for a while. So I was like, okay, I got to find something. I was looking on Raider Cody's Instagram. I talk about him often because he's a major voice within the Raider nation organization, like in within just the fan base. Um, and usually he gets fired up about something. He's very pro Derek Carr. So that's always a good well to keep dipping into Raider Beats. That's a website that also has a Twitter account that they retweet everything spoken about the Raiders. So usually I can get something. And 
then then Brad asked me, he goes, what's going on with Alex Leatherwood? I go, hmm, that's a good question. Because I can honestly care less up until this point. Like, the decision was made. The draft pick was made. There were some, you know, speculation that he wouldn't have been there um, where the Raiders took him. Don't know how supported those claims are. Um, but the pick has been made. So we're not going to try to reverse it, which is fine. But sometimes people are really digging in. Um, and I, we called it the overcompensation. We, I saw a video on social media. I think a reporter tweeted it out. And it was a video of just the offensive line, specifically Alex Leatherwood, you know, dropping back once, you know, hike and you drop back and you do like the quick feet. And you go back. It looked, it did look good. And I knew like, and he was on a line and one person did stand out and it was Alex Leatherwood, but I'm not going to have that determining the whole course of the franchise. And it seems like people are trying to like over legitimize the pick and be like, okay, look, everybody, he's good. That's one play in one circumstance. That's not even game-like. And it was like, it didn't need like one player is standing out. Show me something. A little, I, I don't know. The thing is like offensive linemen, <laughs> like hyping them yeah. up hype tapes are not like the most entertaining to watch um but i think we should just calm down a little well, bit the raiders made the, the best pick. thing that yeah. i think the best thing that you can do to hype up an offensive lineman i completely agree with you like let's calm down on alex leatherwood right the best thing that you can do to hype up an offensive lineman speaking from experience is show me the offensive lineman just show me okay i i'm going to believe that he can block. I'm going to believe that his footwork is good. He comes from a good school in Alabama. He's a first round pick. I would assume that everything is there. Just show him to me. Mekhi Becton is a tank, right? And he comes to OTAs and the Jets are tweeting out, look at Mekhi Becton compared to Elijah Vera Tucker. Look at him. And he's like twice his size in the huddle, right? And in a way, rightfully so, because the tackles are supposed to be bigger than the interior defensive linemen, or rather offensive linemen. But I still think that it's important to show the fan base, hey, we have this cool guy. You don't know anything about him because he's not going to carry the ball, but you should, and here's why. So I agree with you, and I disagree with you, but I sympathize with you because it's fan frustration. Yes, as you should. All right, Brad, tell us about who everyone's talking about. Zach Wilson. Mine's actually pretty similar. And first round pick who is getting hype when he probably doesn't even really deserve it. I mean, Mike LaFleur, not Matt, but Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator of the Jets, is, quote, blown away by Zach Wilson's eagerness to study film. Okay. I sure hope so. I, yeah. Uh, Jets fans, the Jets, the Jets beat reporters, they're trying to sell this to me as, look at this guy. This guy loves football. This guy knows football. This guy wants to know football even more. He's a film junkie. Okay. Um, don't expect a pat on the back for something you're supposed to do. Don't get a high five for doing your job. Isn't that the, the Patriot way? The, the team that beat us for decades, that's their shtick, and you're just completely doing the opposite. So, yeah, Zach Wilson is really eager to do the thing that the Jets drafted him to be eager to do. Congratulations, Zach Wilson. Uh, I just hope that he can throw the football well and that his size is not a problem because that's the issue that I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that the level of play is not too much for him coming from a small school in BYU 
that did not play very good competition, and when they did, he kind of crumbled. That's what I'm concerned about. Not that, hey, he likes watching film. Yeah. I, yeah. I must say, this came up in a, it's sim- it's in a similar vein, but I saw it and I was like, okay, all right. Uh, Bruce Arians, mentally, Kyle Trask isn't far behind Andrew Luck. So maybe, just maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like, the other thing is you have to take everything that the coach says about his quarterback with a grain of salt because. But Kyle Trask isn't fighting. Like, you're not trying to hype him up like you would Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson's no. going to come in and be the starter. Kyle Trask is nowhere near going to be the starter. So it's just an interesting note. Even if he's not a starter, you're still in the business of hyping him up for confidence to make sure he's ready. Remember, Kyle Trask is one 40-year-old's injury away from being the starting quarterback of the reigning champion Buccaneers. So, I mean, it's not that far off as much as – and look, knock on wood, I'm not a Brady fan, but I'm not rooting for anyone to get hurt. I'm just saying it could happen. So I, you almost have to say something like that. If Bucerians didn't say something like that, that would be news. Yeah, I get it. And that's why I didn't, you know, I didn't put in the doc or anything. I just thought it was interesting. I was like, okay. But that's also the one thing that's the one, like, shining thing about Kyle Trask has been. That's what everyone said. I also, I also don't believe it because Andrew Luck is, like, the crown jewel of mental football. So. But that was, like, the one thing that people, when we were around draft time, were saying is that, like, mentally he's there. I just don't think people believe in him physically. <laughs> so, Fair all right. That, I kind just, of a, a crucial part of professional sports, though. It is. It is. But it doesn't delegitimize the claim that he is similar to Andrew Luck. Because that can mean nothing fi- mentally. Because Andrew Luck was a great quarterback physically as well. And that's what made him so special. And let's digress. It was a point to be brushed over and to kind of make me feel better in terms of me picking the best quarterback that was available at the time during our draft. <laughs> Pro Kyle Trask forever and always. All right, well, that does it for this edition of the Go For Two podcast, episode 55 in the books. It took us a while, but we got to the pod. We broke down a lot. If you missed any of it, if you want to hear it again, just go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can always find our episodes, past episodes there. On Spotify, just type in a podcast for frustrated football fans. By two frustrated football fans. That's the tag nine, a tagline that you know and love. You can also email Jenna, go for the number two pod at gmail.com. We have some episodes on YouTube and Spine and SoundCloud, but really, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that is the place to be. And follow us on Twitter at go for the number two podcast. We'll see you next time for episode 56. We'll catch you.